0: Welcome to another episode of Taking You to the Top. This is an Instagram session where Rami spends some time chatting with founders and CEOs from across the globe. He asks them specific questions to learn exactly how they launched their businesses. Before we get started with today's guest, please like and subscribe to our channel so you're notified when the next episode is released. Without further ado. Are you ready to take it to the top? Hi, Zoe.
1: Hi, Rami, how are you?
0: Good, thanks, how's everything?
1: Very good, thank you.
0: Good, good, welcome to the first episode of taking you to the talk.
1: Thank you very much.
0: You can hear me clearly and everything's everything's okay?
1: Yes, I can hear you, yes.
0: Perfect. Okay, so uh, I can see a few people have started joining. So I'll go ahead and. Um, introduce the show first of all. So uh, this is the first episode of taking you to the top. Uh, I'm going to consider it a pilot episode. And I really want to thank Zoe for being the first person on the show.
1: My pleasure, Rami.
0: Um, So to introduce Zoe quickly from my side, uh, I have Zoe Griffiths on the as a guest today. Uh, She's the founder and CEO of the Alchemy of Learning. Uh, She is an ex-international athlete, a intrepid traveler, uh, an education disruptor, and a property developer. So that's uh, quite intriguing. So Zoe, are you ready to take us to the top?
1: I am indeed.
0: Perfect. So if you don't mind, could we start with you introducing yourself? Tell, tell everyone uh, what you do, uh, maybe go into the history, where you started, how you, why you decided to start this company, and uh, where you're at today?
1: Yes, of course. Well, the journey started um, as an international athlete. Um, during this time, I realised the disparities and the challenges um, in funding and opportunity across my country. Um, and that initiated kind of the entrepreneurial side um, of my being. So, okay. as part of your role um, as an international athlete, um, you're a role model and you'd like to leave a legacy for the future generation um, of your international team. So I, I found that there was, a, there was um, an awful lot um, of sport for, for boys, plenty of opportunities. Um, mm. So I wanted to provide those opportunities for the girls in my area um, and across Wales. So I, I started running sports camps um, for girls Um, using the international netball teams um, that I was uh, connected with. Um, And then on the back of that, we realised that the um, cohort of the international teams were very core to our capital city.
0: Okay. not sure what happened there let's call it a pilot technical error there we go
1: okay oh, sorry okay so so i guess I'll, I'll just go through so basically there was a purpose journey we needed to provide opportunities for girls and for um, prospective international netball players to have a player performance pathway into the national team. So I created a company called Free Spirit Sports um, and I created partnerships with the um, Sports Council for Wales and the national governing body for for the sport and we created a centre of excellence, an elite centre of excellence for girls um, we, within kind of three or four years, we produced about 20 full international athletes. Um, on the back of that, I then run sports camps for girls. Um, we recruited lots and lots of coaches and trained lots and lots of coaches up um, to be able to be deployed out into the primary schools where there was need in the deprived areas. Um, and also as part of that to raise the profile. And I guess to, um, to be an advocate for gender equality, um, mm-hmm. I took on a, a coaching role for um, a skills coaching role with a, a professional rugby team, um, probably one of the first wow. females in the, in the country to do that. Um, so I utilized, I guess, the purpose journey um, as the core um, of my company Free Spirit Sports. But as an entrepreneur and as a creative, um, and I actually, I was op- still playing um, full-time international netball and lecturing along the side too. Um, unfortunately, I learned the big mistake of kind of entrepreneurship and you become the brand, you become the business and everything sure. is based around you. And I completely burned out um, and um, kind of had to, had to take some time out from that. So that was a valuable lesson that a service and a product shouldn't be related to you as a person it should be scalable. Um, So from there, um, when I retired um, from Netball, I just wanted something different. All my life, I'd I'd kind of done everything kind of, um, I'd I'd experienced a lot of achievement and success um, from a very young age. I started playing international sport um, at 13.
0: Back again. Yeah, sorry,
1: we're back again. Yes, so so basically, um, I felt completely um, at a loss having retired from netball, finished my company, and I wanted a new challenge. So um, through the law of kind of attraction and I guess serendipity in some respects, um, I got offered a role um, in the Middle East to set up um, a brand new school as part of a small team.
0: Um, And this was in Abu Dhabi?
1: No, this was in Dubai. Dubai. Yeah, so Dubai. So it's Jumeirah English speaking school in Arabian ranches. Um, So to create a culture from scratch, one that has the discipline of health at the heart of it, we created um, a a player performance pathway, a triangle. We had um, health related fitness as a core component. We had sport as recreation and we also had kind of an elite, elite pathway all through the school. Um, So health was at at the heart of everything we did, it was our culture and everybody understood the connection between a healthy body and a healthy mind and our ability to be um, good decision makers, really alert to learn um, and really, really have good energy and positivity in our lives all of the time. So within five years, we were a great team together and we'd created one of the best IB schools in the Middle East. Um, And from there, I wanted a completely new challenge. My whole kind of journey has been one of a generalist. I've always wanted to try and find new problems so that I could create solutions for it. I'm not the kind of person who likes to um, sit on somebody else's treadmill and somebody else pushing the buttons. Um, I, I like to create things from scratch. So um, the the next opportunity came in the public sector which was quite extraordinary um, in its challenges Um, and we were basically setting up grade 10 and 12 schools across the whole of the UAE um, ready for national service. Um, The teaching and learning um, element of that required development so we took that on. Um, and I led the development of teaching and learning across um, 165 schools across the UAE and about 138,000 students. Um, wow. We increased our um, PENTA ratings um, over the two years. Um, Sorry, PENTA the, PENTA PENTA, it, it's it's basically like an Ofsted, it's a school reporting um, mechanism, okay. an accountability mechanism. Um, yes, yeah, so from there I was doing certain projects, um, also writing qualifications, Um, based around kind of health and fitness and nutrition and that kind of thing. So then my next job took me to um, the local government where we worked with industry to develop um, industry-driven qualifications based on the diversification away from oil. So basically supporting the journey of a country to prepare the future generation.
0: Well, basically Um, what Saudi Arabia is going through now, we're trying to get away from being dependent on oil.
1: Yes, and, and you know, pivoting away from the skills, knowledge and application um, and occupational competencies they had related around that, there needs to be a pivot away from that into different industries. Um, and I guess we were, we were part of that journey, it was fascinating. So from, from there then I went into kind of the military sector, um, developing training systems for key stakeholders, federal government stakeholders, that was a fascinating journey. Um, and when as a, as a civilian, um, it's a whole new way of operating and a whole new protocol, which was, which was a fascinating experience for me. And I guess it took me a little bit back to my time when I was an international athlete in some respects, the kind of systems approach. Right. Um, after that, I then went into the early childhood domain. Um, the local government was looking to set up early childhood um, and then that took me on this journey to now um, where I, I experienced pretty much every touchpoint of the education system, including the military uh, within the UAE and, and also um, with connections to the GCC countries because a lot of the work that I, what I did with the early childhood consultancy I was with, with before this company, uh, we, we travelled around the GCC quite a bit. Um, to try and help solve the challenges of setting up early childhood so right. i guess alchemy of learning is the sum total um of all of the experiences i've had in life um and the abilities that um that i possess i guess to try and change um base metals to gold and that's based on the on the alchemist um that's amazing kind of um, kind of ethos in philosophy so I guess that's where I'm at right now um, and I'm just really excited um, to be able to kind of launch um, yeah, in, in the next little while um, and really make a difference in education. Um, I think COVID has really overwhelmingly driven home to us the kind of in, in, <laughs> The essential interconnectedness um, of our human family right now. Um, and I guess taking that as um, a position of strength to work from, um, we would like to, I guess, create a community around the learner um, so that they can flourish within any kind of environment and within any. Um, challenges that we might possess moving on.
0: That's incredible. I mean, uh, I remember when, when I was asked about why I didn't join my father's company, it was because I, exactly what you mentioned where you had to experience everything else and bring it together so that you can use all of the abilities you've gained over over the years from all the experience, to start your own company?
1: I I think that we learn best from, um, not from advice given, but from experiences that you have in life. It needs to hurt, it needs to um, have meaning to you, and it needs to have purpose. And I think that's really, really important.
0: Okay. So uh, I wanna touch up a little bit on uh, the alchemy of learning. Yeah. Uh, I sort of understand the journey and the purpose, uh, but what will it do eventually when when you launch fully? uh, How how do you see the future of your company?
1: Okay. The future of our company um, will serve at macro level, government level officials by using technology as a system that gives them time to make clear and responsive decisions. We do this by using AI, blockchain, and machine learning um, on a large scale through a centralized data repository. Um, This transparency of data, then, you know, for example, during times of COVID, will enable them to understand where the elements of disparities are within, for example, within the education system, mm-hmm. where the extra um, support is required for healthcare workers, children, where the extra support is required for special education and leads development, where the extra um, support is, is required in terms of social equity. Um, and also um, when schools go back can really create a policy that can be implemented real-time with a tracking mechanism to be able to measure the impact upon it. So that's on would, the that be,
0: would that be the blockchain side where the transparency comes in?
1: Okay, the blockchain side, as, as I've spoken earlier about having a team around a person, Now, as an athlete we had a physiologist a nutritionist a a trainer a coach a mentor a a skills coach so this concept takes the person and builds a team around the person the team will be the parents the team will be the healthcare sector and social care sector Um, and the team will be the schools so as a collective We all are on a journey together to get the best out of the learner.
0: And will your company be based in the UK or will you come back to the Middle East as well?
1: My my company will be a global company. Um, I obviously have a very, very strong affinity and a huge heart and a love for the Middle East. Um, I've spent the last 15 years of my life Um, I've grown with the United Arab Emirates, Um, I've lived around the incredible attitude and uh, character of anything is possible and I guess they have been a part of my journey and a part of my character growth and a belief system that has really enabled me to pivot away from I guess small thinking um, into a bigger picture and, and really understand and know that as a big team, we can make a real difference to education and humanity, actually.
0: That's an incredible mindset. I mean, it's, it's so fresh to hear it. You don't really hear that much these days. Everybody's quite negative. So uh, I'm glad to see that there's still positivity around. Um, I just I, had a quick question. Uh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, no, sorry. No, no, go on. sorry. Go ahead.
0: Uh, I had a, just a, a quick question. In general, when when someone's launching a company, how do you usually, what's the strategy to your launch? I mean, do you go to the highest levels from, from the get-go or uh, do you use paid marketing to get the word out for a company? Uh, this is a more specific question because quite a lot of people are, or at least I received that question quite a bit, where do you go directly to the top. Uh, For example, if you're launching and it's related to the government, do you have to find someone in the government that you have to liaise with to launch the company, or is it sort of you do it on your own? Do you need partners? Do you need uh, some sort of infrastructure for all of this to happen, or is it step by step?
1: I think that what I've learned most of all from COVID-19 is that the macro approach to a micro problem has challenges. Um, So on on a local level, it's really, really, or a micro level, it's really, really important to be able to launch and engage and take on the co-creation attitude and um, mindset to bring everybody on the journey with us. And okay. where you're going to launch for your first kind of, I guess, your, your pilot of the MVP as an example, within that, the launch needs to take place at a local level to get all stakeholders and partners involved on the journey with you. And I think this is what, um, will stand us out out from the crowd as as we move forward is our kind of collective intelligence, our collective co-creation but also very importantly under the stewardship um, of the government and their data centres. Another kind of um, important aspect of this is the relationships up and the relationships down and I guess um, that is where I come in, um, and within a kind of a teal organization um, that we 've set up where we have a headquarters with a core of seven people um, and then these are there to serve the self managing teams that then connect up and connect down um, to to enable a full, kind of full fully vertical um, Approach, um, yet the company is horizontal um, okay. and what, what we kind of what we look for um, in our staff are people who are very very purpose driven people who are in their careers are ready to be servitude leaders are ready to take on a challenge. Um, that is bigger than themselves that will serve humanity in in the future. Um, It requires somebody to to have complete wholeness um, in that we love people who have flaws, we love people to be able to be outspoken, we love people to be able to make decisions based on evidence-based consistency. It's a distributive model and and one that um, really serves that managing up and managing down very nicely and we're very agile.
0: And just, just quickly, the, these seven, are what are these specific roles? Like, is it like HR and like the back office support type or?
1: Yes, so, so more, more I like guess account accountant, um, customer support, marketing, um, okay. sales, business development, Um, so they are kind of the headquarters and then we also have coaches to be able to help um, the self-managing teams that are completely um, not related to the project but can can guide the path and give a different perspective when necessary.
0: And do you think you'll be based in like a headquarters or this can be managed globally? You can have these four seven everywhere
1: we can have these courses as we build the business and start kind of um being um locally sensitive yet global right. um, these can be um distributed in any country
0: okay well i mean it sounds incredible i wish you all the best on this journey Thank sounds, you. sounds uh, i mean I, I would love to have a follow-up call maybe a year down the line or two years down the line to see how successful your company has become. Uh, if you don't mind, we have enough time for the famous four.
1: Yes, of course.
0: So uh, quickly, um, what's your favorite business book?
1: Okay, I'm going to be really quick. I'll give you three. Um, I'm a generalist, <laughs> so on my journey, sure. um, as, a, as a young budding entrepreneur. I love Screw It, Let's Do It with Richard Branson. He really inspired me and gave me the go do it attitude. Loved that. Um, My property development business was inspired by Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, Robert Kawasaki. And my whole kind of intrigue into um, life learning journeys um, was also um, kind of founded from outliers by Michael Gladwell. Um, okay. and yeah. and that journey. So those are the three, I would say, yeah.
0: Perfect. Uh, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying?
1: Um, at the moment, there's a fantastic woman um, from my local area named okay. Anne Bowden. She um, has set up a mobile only bank. bank. Um, within five years, she's got 120,000 um, people using her online bank. Um, I love her approach, she's so customer centric, she's really passionate about serving the end user, um, and she's a real inspiration to me, and she's Welsh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can you just repeat her name one more time, please?
1: Yes, Anne Bowden, and the name of the bank is Starling Bank.
0: Nice name. Okay, I definitely want to check that out, that sounds very interesting.
1: Yeah, she's fantastic.
0: Uh, uh, Number three, uh, what's your favorite online tool for building or growing your company?
1: Well, I guess I've got to go straight for my weakness, which is kind of marketing. So I've recently found HubSpot um, HubSpot. and I should be using HubSpot for marketing, sales and my customer services from now on.
0: Amazing. And the final question, how many hours of sleep do you get every night?
1: Uh, Seven and a half hours.
0: Okay, good. So uh, close to the recommended eight.
1: (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Yes.
0: Well, Zoe, thank you so much for being the first person on the show once again. Um, I hope this takes off. I mean, if it does, I'll definitely have you back on the show for an update. So thank you very much once again.
1: And thank you very much for reaching out. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, and an even bigger and an even bigger pleasure um, learning about your journey, um, also in your with your books and um, your online presence, which you've obviously got very right. Um, <laughs> wish you all the all the very best with um, your podcast series, and uh, yeah, looking forward to chatting to, to you some other time soon, hopefully.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Rami. Take care.
0: Take care, Zoe. Bye bye.
1: Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs>